Welcome back to the Nautic Ed podcast. I'm your host, Captain Kev, along with Grant, the founder of Nautic Ed. And we brought along somebody today named Tino. Tino is uh, the person that runs the Yacht Master Group, and they offer programs out of Athens, Annapolis, and Vienna, uh, most famously known for their International Charter Expo there. And uh, without further delay, Grant, please you know, help us introduce our special guest today. Yeah, sure, Kevin. I've known Tino for three, four years, I think. Um, first met him in Annapolis, uh, boat show. And um, Tino saw what we were doing uh, with Nordic Ed in the USA and, and North America and said, you have to come to the Mediterranean and start introducing Americans to the Mediterranean uh, yacht charter scene. And so we've been going to his uh, the expos that he puts on. Um, it's a yacht charter expo um, in Vienna. And we go to that and we meet all the yacht charter companies and we'll get Tino to talk about that. But we also, um, through that, we've become experts on the Mediterranean in terms of um, all the places. And I've been to most of the places in the Mediterranean, but Tino is the expert. He knows the Mediterranean inside and out. And so we want to bring him on and um, have him give us a whiz around the Mediterranean and just talk about the charter destinations and you know where you should go, where, where the good places are, where the hot spots are coming up. Um, and he's also a total expert on, on Croatia just because he lives there and we're talking to him right now in his cabin in the mountains just outside of Zagreb. So Tino, welcome aboard and great to, you know, great to get back with you. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Kevin, for having me. It's a huge pleasure. Um, and the introduction, uh, well, I hope I can uh, be worthy. Well, Tino, uh, uh, thank you. you are the, uh, I would say, you're the Poseidon of, uh, of the Mediterranean, as far as I'm concerned. So it's such a pleasure to have you on. Okay, even without video, I can testify that I am blushing. So uh, what I do is, well, as everybody should, uh, I sail. So I guess this is the uh, the qualification needed to uh, to participate on your show. So that that, that check on that. Um, well, you don't just sail. You've sailed over 350 weeks over in yeah, the I've Mediterranean. I've been a commercial skipper for a while. Uh, my company, the Yachtmaster Group, started uh, the the first project that it ever did was a Yachtmaster. It was a skipper database for commercial skippers uh, skippering in the Adriatic. And we had over 400 skippers uh, uh, in a real-time booking system, and obviously the boss uh, had to sail and and you know uh, with everybody else. And I did um, these 350 weeks as a commercial skipper. I mean, the best experience of my life: sailed the Mediterranean more, almost exclusively. And uh, well, that's where the expertise came from. And then we started doing events. Um, all in in Greece and in the US and um, in Europe and did some digital platforms for um, for the nautical industry uh, bottom line we are now here to talk about the Mediterranean and um, I'm happy to do it you know we, you talk about the med uh, it's a magical place you know as an American who has never sailed the med you know help me understand you know what countries am i going to visit what bases am i going to be based out of you know so let's start with the countries you know what countries do people typically visit or you know charter out of when they go to the med 
So the, the Mediterranean is a beautiful uh, common denominator for all the countries. So when you say Mediterranean, basically the, the feel and the, the, the feel of it is in all the countries, but obviously the countries will be different uh, from one to the other. So um, to, to give an overview from, uh, I'd start from west to towards east and start with Spain. Spain is um, mostly known from the for the Balearic Islands, the islands of Mallorca and Ibiza. You know, anybody listening to music will have heard of Ibiza. Anyone who's um, who's uh, uh, following the celebrities will know Ibiza and Mallorca. These are the the, the, the main islands of the Balearic group, and they will they are known for the party venues for for the the, the layer of the Mediterranean, a lot of European but also international uh, guests coming there, and it does host a significant charter fleet. And not only that it is this, this party central or one of the party hotspots of the Mediterranean, but it also offers the sailor some quiet and beautiful, you know, really unique landscapes of, of, of turquoise waters and cliffs and and secluded base it's not only the party uh the party place so uh other than the balearic uh there is the coast uh, of barcelona where also a lot of charter companies are are stationed and you know the i mean the the the, the spanish coast is just a like a historic lesson with with taste and 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 sound and picture and it's a, a unique experience uh, so um, one of the older destinations, uh, maybe um, maybe after Greece, the oldest one uh, for sailors. Uh, to, uh, further to the east, um, Italy. Italy is divided um, geographically. Uh, on um, the, the, most of the most of Italy is a peninsula, uh, and. The um, southern side of the peninsula is the Tyrrhenian Sea, and the northern will be the Adriatic Sea uh, that connects it to the, to, Croatia, to the Croatian coast. So in Italy, you will have the coastal areas, you will have uh, Corsica on the north, uh, Tyrrhenian Sea, and Sicily and Sardinia um, in the south. And I mean, the this is something that mega yachts the, the the celebrities, uh, everybody with a you know five million euro five million dollar yacht will will visit. These are the the the, the most known play, one of the most known some of the most known places in the Adriatic. And uh, Grant, I believe you're an expert in Sicily. Yeah, so Sicily, you know, we wrote that up as the number one place and we visited it quite a few years ago and just had such an amazing time um, in terms of the variety of things to do. And we, we, um, we climbed uh, Mount Stromboli and watched it explode in front of our eyes from about you know, three football fields away from the actual crater. Um, and watching the lava and we could feel the heat on our face and the shockwaves hitting our chest as we climbed that mountain. And then, um, you know, we went down and 
there's a place where you can go and swim. It's called the fumaroles, and, and it's just bubbling gas coming up out of the water. And uh, we had dolphins, and the food was fantastic, and we got into mud baths, and, um, and the list just goes on. So that the sailing in the variety in Sicily was, was you know, just number, number one in what we sort of determined out of it. And, um, you know, we think it's going to be a real hotspot uh, coming up. So uh, keep your eye on Sicily. Uh, but, but, you know, go there before it gets you know, way too hot spot because it was fantastic. I loved it. You know, and you mentioned earlier charter companies. And, again, as, as an American that's never been there before, you know, I'm not familiar with all of the different charter companies that are there. You know, we're used to Mooring, Sunsail, you know, some of the big charter brands. But certainly there's more than that. I mean, do you have a sense for kind of how many charter companies are available in the area or... Is there something you can enlighten us with there? Well, well, well. For for Spain, uh, the most of them will be based uh, on the Balearic Islands, on the of Ibiza and Mallorca. Some in the area of Barcelona, which is you know nice to fly to, um, good, with good connections. In Italy, um, most of the charter companies will be uh, on Sicily, or on. Uh, on the coastal um, coastal area, not far from Rome. So basically, flying into uh, Messina or Rome uh, will be would be the choice, and you will find on each um, Spain or Italy there will be a 50 plus number of charter companies offering from small bareboat monohulls to catamarans everywhere definitely everywhere and a huge variety of motorboat options uh power charter is quite developed in spain and in italy later when we mention croatia greece and and turkey this will not be the case in this extent italy and spain are definitely high uh high valued uh motorboat charter uh, areas so a lot of charter companies uh, offering the whole spectrum of whatever you might want to, you know, use for your sailing trip. Well, it's good to know because, you know, I, again, you know, I keep going back to I'm an American, but there's a lot of Americans that have been to the Med, but we tend to settle down on brands we know, but there are a lot of local charter companies that we should get to know, it sounds like. Yes, I mean, uh, look, I've been, I spent half my life working with charter companies and and um, there are stereotypes, of course, and uh, there are these major brands, the, the global brands like Dream Yacht and Moorings and Sunsail, and uh, you, will, you will find most of them, if not all of them, in all the destinations we'll mention today. Um, and it, is, uh, it, it will never be uh, a mistake to go for the main brands, but the main brands, the, the biggest brands are also quite standardized. So there will, you will probably not, uh, you know, get these, um, this unexpected value, this uh, super um, interesting relationships you get with the locals, uh, people and so on. You will not be, uh, you know, swept off your feet by someone's being a good host in this, in the, in this small uh, venturing into this, the, the area of the smaller family-run charter companies uh, that are present in a huge uh, number, 
you might get this experience that will, you know, make it, that will make your holiday. Tino, I agree. Um, I've, you know, got to meet the, the charter companies at the expos that you put on. And, you know, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of charter companies that go to these expos. And, and we've got our favorites, you know, and, and uh, one of them, we, we always say, oh, that's run by Mama. You know, this, this great family run uh, business. And, and we just love meeting Mama. She's this Greek, uh, beautiful old lady. Um, and, you know, you can see in her eyes when you meet her, it's a, she's a, runs a fantastic operation. And so there's, there's a huge, um, a selection of really good charter companies there that we have met and we again we have our favorites and you know we're yacht charter agents as well for um, every yacht charter company in the world um, but again we've got our favorites and we know who's good and in, in the I've got to say this I mean the, the hospitality to use that word you were looking for the hospitality of the Mediterranean people is fantastic um, right down to the person on the dock that's putting that you've, you've just got on the boat with to the guy that leads you through the boat to the base manager to everybody to the people in the restaurants to the taxi driver everybody that we have come across in the Mediterranean is so friendly and so awesome it just makes for a fantastic holiday but really a good uh, cultural uh, holiday as well you know so it, it's a different experience from the Caribbean Kevin very very different you know I can imagine it uh, but it's that turquoise water that's kind of an allure and I, I want to talk a little bit about that water you know what is it like sailing the Mediterranean are we talking about long hops between stops are we talking about short hops are we talking about island sailing sailing to the coast you know what, what do we have there so the, the Mediterranean is um, home to a lot of islands, a lot of peninsulas, uh, large and small. Um, and everything you just um, mentioned, yes, it is there. So basically, it depends on the sailor uh, to choose the destination on the basis of what they want, what he wants, to, what or she wants to do. So. Uh, short hops, as you said, would be the primary uh, option in the Mediterranean because you can have it almost everywhere. Uh, in Italy and Spain, you will have the, let's call it a circular journey, which will, you will be uh, doing a um, sail around an island, sailing a par around parts of Sicily or uh, around Corsica, where you will sail around Ibiza, do a, maybe a full circle and then come back to your base while in areas like uh, Croatia, in countries like Croatia, Greece and Turkey, you will do a more linear uh, 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 say, um, um, yes, sail uh, where you can start in, at one city, uh, sail a couple of islands. We are talking about an hour and a half, two hour sail from one island to the next. Four hours would, I suppose, be for Croatia, for example, a maximum distance from one uh, island to the next. Uh, we're talking cruising speed. Uh, in in Greece, there will be island groups where you can have a two-hour sail being sufficient from one island to the next, or uh, you pick a different island group where you will be sailing four or five hours from island to island. It's it's your choice. Of course, long legs are everywhere possible because it's it's a vast vast area 
my point is there are stops in between and there it, it is it will happen very very rarely that you will be forced to sail five six eight hours or more uh just to arrive somewhere you will have options on the way so italy and uh and spain offer that croatia and greece uh really are known for that exact feature where you can uh have a small sailboat uh cruising speed of i don't know five or six knots and you'll still be able to sail for like two or three hours stops from island to island never you know for long stretches uh never without provisioning so it's a very very user-friendly very sailor-friendly area uh and if you combine with infrastructure especially in croatia uh it's really a a one would almost say you know too convenient um area to sail and tino um so you're an expert on croatia so um let's um let's spend a bit of time on that um and so you've got the northern area you've got the the middle area around split and then you've got the southern area around dubrovnik um let's spend a bit of time on that because you're you know really expert i've been to croatia twice um around split and then sailed down to dubrovnik um so what would be if somebody you know just wants to get croatia checked off the box um where would they go on that one so grant uh if i may i would not be a good mediterranean if i just didn't uh you know mention turkey and greece before and then we can i i, I suggest we end up with croatia i'll just would like to really you know give you a quick overview of these two countries because you know we we mentioned italy and spain beautiful beautiful countries greece and italy greece and turkey this really uh deserve um, a mention here because they're spectacular countries and the east mediterranean is um regarding um kevin you mentioned uh, water transparency we are talking about if you can imagine it like almost 65 70 feet somewhere more of uh, transparency in the water so you can look at the 70 foot bottom you know 70 feet below you and see every living creature there in turkey especially that is for a sailor, I'm sailing all my life and I anchor in Turkey and I look down and I feel my boat is hovering. It's not floating, it's hovering and there's just nothing beneath for like 30, 40 feet. Uh, and in some places you go beyond 60 feet of, of visibility to water. So this is really an amazing experience. So yeah, that's something that not a lot of Americans have experience with. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to see some of those crystal clear depths. And sometimes it almost gives you a sense of vertigo because you feel like you're floating on top of the world. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 surreal. It's almost surreal. And this is like just to say uh, Turkey, uh, Turkey is the destination that, of course, is troubled with all the uh, uh logistical problems uh of arriving there and and picking the time between you know a political um political unsettling and 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 I, let's uh, if we put this as aside the sailing area is spectacular uh the food is uh unbelievable the hospitality of the people 
um, you know, it, it runs in their blood, and it's it's something that I think even over overshadow of overpasses um, the, the 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 Western Mediterranean hospitality, and uh, the clarity of the water is probably the number the the, the clearest water is in the East Mediterranean in Turkey. So the the area between most people know the southern area of uh, of Turkey for their resorts, but there is um, this is um, the area that most uh, coveted by you know all the major uh, soccer clubs, uh, sports clubs in the world. They go there to to relax, and uh, uh, there begins the sailing area between Fethiye, Marmaris, and 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 Bodrum, and this is really any sailor's dream. I will not go into detail because the, the, there are not many islands, but there is a vast um, number of coves, inlets, uh, channels uh, to, to, to discover in Turkey. And it is, a, if somebody, you know, is, is working on their bucket list uh, as a sailor, Turkey would, should be a, a, a must go. Well, and, and really uh, what, what I hear is, is as, again, as an American, off the beaten path. I mean, when when we think of Europe, we think of Greece, Italy, Spain, you know, along the Mediterranean. And then there's Turkey and Croatia. And these are two areas that to Americans seem more off the beaten path, but they aren't unattainable. And there's some of the most beautiful places you could go in the Mediterranean. Absolutely. I mean, uh, flying to Turkey is probably cheaper and easier than almost anywhere, uh, any other Mediterranean country. Because Istanbul is one of the biggest hubs uh, and, uh, in, in the old world. Uh, and um, uh, from there, it's a short flight to any given uh, sailing destination in, in, in Turkey. And the, uh, the Turkish airlines are one of the best airlines uh, uh, in the world, so you know it's it's not like flying to a you know questionable destination with a questionable airline. It's everything is really really uh, mainstream, and and it's other than that, it's, it's really really worth it. It's it's anybody who's been I I can't imagine would have uh, anything bad to say about the Turkish sailing area. So it's not know. as huge as. Greek or the Croatian area because it, it doesn't cover the whole coast but just a part maybe maybe I would say coastline of about a thousand miles more or less in the Mediterranean that's not considered huge <laughs> but but significant and and it's it's worth worth a trip so Tino when I um went to one of the expos in Zagreb a couple of years ago I flew back out from Zagreb through Istanbul uh, back to the States and um, I spent a couple of days in Istanbul and um, it was awesome I had such a good time there and um, I actually came out of the Grand Bazaar and, and it was starting to get quite late and it was dark outside and I ended up walking down this really dark alley and I'm sitting there going ah probably shouldn't be doing this but mind you at the same time there were kids out in the alley kicking the soccer ball around um, so you know I felt really safe and um, you know I, I 
I wouldn't worry too much about Turkey. It was awesome. They've got a brand spanking new airport there. It's um, just opened. Um, it's beautiful. It, it, it's a cool place. So don't be afraid of Turkey. Um, that's what I'm sort of saying, right? Well, and at the same time, you know, you brought up kids. And, you know, when we take our families on these types of trips, they're going to experience things that they're only learning in theory in school. And when you have the opportunity to share that with your family, your children, for those that you know have never seen these places, it becomes pretty eye-opening, doesn't it, Grant? Well, look. Um, so I've been to Poseidon's uh, temple, you know, on an island called Poros. Um, we stopped, and this is on a trip out of Athens that we did, and. Um, you know, we went to Epidavros, which has a theater that was built 2,000 years ago to host 10,000 guests um, in this theater. Uh, 2,000 years ago, it was uh, it was done. I mean, the history that is in the Mediterranean is out of control. It's so awesome. And taking kids there and their eyes just pop out of their head and they start learning, you know, about, about the things they've learned about in school. But all of a sudden, they're sitting in a, in a um, Poseidon's temple or the they're um, you know visiting these things it's just just amazing um, it's great 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 for kids and again you know all through the Mediterranean we've never had any problem and I've sailed uh, probably over a dozen times um, in the Med never had one single um, issue with crime or anything you know never felt unsafe well, when you talk about sailing in the Med and you know, Tino, is there a specific license that people need to have to sail the Med? Because I know rules are a little bit different in Europe. Grant is the, the expert on, on the licensing. Um, there are licenses, uh, different, uh, different licensing uh, procedures in all the countries, but um, I would leave that question to Grant. So Grant, we'll throw it to you. You know, is the SLC what people need in the Med? So um, Kevin, uh, years ago, we, as we were growing out the sailing education program, we did a big investigation into the Mediterranean and what's required. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of the experts on it. Um, and so we were able to get Nordic Aid to um, its license accepted in the Mediterranean. And we actually got the, the minister himself in Croatia to sign into law. Uh, the Nordic Ed license, and we call it the SLC, and that stands for Sailing License and Credentials. So every yacht charter company in the Mediterranean accepts now uh, the SLC. Um, and on top of the SLC is the ICC, um, that is the International Certificate of Competence. Um, that was um, a license created by United Nations and um, works also all throughout the Mediterranean. About the only company that can issue the ICC is the Royal Yachting Association out of the UK. Um, they've got um, schools all over the world and you can get an ICC at any Royal Yachting Association uh, school or RYA school. Um, unfortunately, there's only three in America, um, in North America. <laughs> so. Um, we're quite fortunate and, and really it's been a, a quite a service to Americans to be able to get the SLC license and it's very simple to get. Um, you just have to be uh, very experienced and you have to do a one day assessment of your skills and then the rest of it is online. So um, anybody that wants to go to the med, look, just contact Nordic Ed. It's, it's really simple to get and, um, and, and you're off. So it's, 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 not a, it's not something hard to get these days. 
Well, let's circle back real quick because, Tino, you are the expert on not only the Mediterranean but also Croatia. And this is a dream destination for me. Uh, I want to sail there badly. But I want to know a little bit about the inside information you have. You know, where are the off the beaten path places that you would advise people to go if they're going to sail Croatia? So it's the question of when and where, because there is a high seasonality uh, to the Adriatic and uh, the high sea, the top of the season will be from, uh, let's say, June, um, July and August with the top of the season in the Adriatic Sea. And in the top of the season, when, you know, there is a normal uh, tourist season, uh, the islands will be packed, the marinas will be packed, and all of the 4,000 boats uh, that are being offered in Croatia, 4,000 bear boat, charter boats, will mostly be booked. So this is, a, uh, this is a time when, if you go to Croatia, you have to be aware that it will be packed. Um, I can also... To say, if you want to have fun and be, you know, in the, you know, uh, in the peak of the season and enjoy all the, all the benefits of uh, the full season, that is the time to go. So you know, it's not about when to go; it's about who you are and what you want to do, and to be aware when to choose your vacation. So July and August, it's the top of the season, full house, everybody sailing, all the ports will be full, all the bars will be open. And all the restaurants will need a reservation um, uh, to, to, to dine. So this is the, uh, the, the, the time. Uh, May and June, September and October, beautiful uh, time for sailing. Um, the, the insulation, you know, the, the, the sunny days, Sunday, sunny days will be maybe 20%, uh, 30% uh, less sunny in average that they will be in, in the peak of summer, but you will still enjoy, you know, smooth sailing everywhere. Now, the wear is also a factor. If there are, let's give it a, a, just a rough uh, estimate, um, the, uh, the whole Adriatic coast is also, let's say about, about 500 miles long uh, not coastal length, but you know, air length um, like in line of sight, and uh, it is uh, separated into three areas: the North Adriatic, the Middle Adriatic, and the South Adriatic. Um, the the area in the Middle Adriatic is the hotspot for the charter uh, industry. The main city that you will see on advertisings uh, on the map. Uh, of any charter uh, agency or charter company will be split. Split is the, uh, the let's say, the southern um, charter base. And from there, you will access all the main uh, main destinations like Hvar and Vis and, and, and Korčula and Mljet and so on. And uh, all the way south to Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik is about 100 miles. 110 to be exact from sailing from Split, so still within reach for a for a 10 day or a two week uh, two week trip. While uh, uh, sailing north to the cities of Šibenik and Zadar, which also you where also you can find charter bases, you will have the more quieter islands. So 
let's let's uh, we can break it down in Croatia, split in Dubrovnik area, uh, highly uh, visited, crowded in the peak of the summer, and the more northern areas in Šibenik from Šibenik and Zadar will be the lower uh, the the slightly less visited islands with not such a big charter fleet, and then there is this very uh, seldomly visited North Adriatic area, which in my opinion might just be the most beautiful one, just because of some rarely occurring strong winds, there are no charter bases there. And this is not far away from the main charter bases. From Zadar it's just a couple hours of sailing, like between two and five hours. And there is where you find the most turquoise water, the most shallow be, uh, base, and you know the, the the widest sand, and and really really secluded places where not many sailors, not many tourists go. So okay. this will be the three areas: the south, the peak, the 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 middle, the uh, south from Split Dubrovnik, middle Shibnik Zadar, and then north of Zadar is this this rarely visited area of the northern northern adriatic what's that what's that area called what's the city that's there is it north of the coronati islands yeah. there is it exactly that that the, 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 that's the point there is no city so ah. the the islands that you will know in croatia in the southern shivnik area will be the coronati island group um in the south it will be Hvar and brach and vis and in the north Y- y- there will be no islands that you have probably heard of or most of people like um, East and Olib and Silba and Maliloshin and Rab. Um, these islands are not famous for charter bases. They are not famous for nautical tourism, even though they support full infrastructure, marinas with, with electricity and water provided everywhere, uh, mechanical support, whatever one might need just not in a massive scale like it is on all the southern islands you will have marinas everywhere but there will not be uh you know 300 birds there will be maybe 20 which basically suffice for uh the number of tourists going there but the the, the experience is is very much different than than in most of the uh uh, usually visited Adriatic. All right, and let's talk about booking a marina. Um, if you go, let's say, out of split, um, certain times of the year, you need to really book in advance. Other times, probably not so much. But um, there's a website, right, that you can go to to um, to book the marinas. There are several, several, several. There are several uh, marinas or booking systems where you, that you can use to book a marina. Uh, a lot of marinas are from the ACI chain. It's a, a chain. It's a national chain that um, runs these marinas. You can book uh, online with them. There are other like Port Hop or MySea or whatever, and you'll find probably four or five or even a dozen of them. Um, and it is necessary. I'm afraid it is necessary in July and August to pre-book a marina. It is. Uh, it partially kills the romance of of you know just sailing and. You know, yeah. going where the wind takes you and, and taking your time and sailing into the night. But unfortunately, in July and August, you have to be prepared. You have to plan ahead. And otherwise, in maybe a, 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 a summer storm, uh, you might be anchoring um, 
um, when you might want to be docked safely in the marina if you're not planning ahead. This will not be the case in the northern Adriatic, where most of the time you will find place. And, you know, you defined in that area something called med mooring. And this this is something that we want our students to learn how to do. It's mm-hmm. not something we do a lot in the United States, but is that something that is really a requirement, you know, for folks that are coming to sail the med? I'm afraid it is. Um, it's not terribly complicated, but it takes uh, it needs taking uh, uh, getting used to. Um, it is uh, it is as it is very common, or I would say omnipresent in in the Adriatic. Everybody uses it. Every marina, every port will have a a docking line fixed, a mooring line fixed to the uh, to the to the um, to the pier, and. Uh, I don't know how to, if I'm going, my explanation will be, you know, in the spirit of the English language, but no, don't worry <laughs> so, about it. Do you know, we, um, we cover it very Fred, well. I think and you, you do a better job explaining, um, a mooring line, a Mediterranean mooring line. Well, we do it in really detail inside our courses. Um, so uh, you can't just explain it verbally. Um, we've got pictures, we've got animations. It's very simple to do, but I'll just, you know, throw this in there. Last year we went to Greece. Um, we were there for 14 days, and I would say that we probably did 21 uh, med moorings because um, that was including lunch. So even even a lunch stop um, somewhere, you've got to do a med mooring. So um, you know, if you're going to go to the med, be uh, an expert at med mooring. Do not try to wing it. You are going to have to do it there. Um, you will come across crosswinds. You'll come across different types of med mooring. Um, where you're going into might be a five million dollar boat that you're um, trying to back up next to, um, and more than likely it's some Arab prince's boat with some uh, guards on it with uh, hidden machine guns or something. I'm joking, but um, you know you need to med moor when you go to the Mediterranean, and it's easy. Just get good at it. That's all I say. But I just want to add: people are uh, used to. Uh, um, sailors not being familiar with the, with the uh, <laughs> process and it's not a big deal yeah uh, you will see on, a, on a, any given uh, in any given port on any given day out of uh, 50 boats you'll see at least 20 absolutely having no idea how the mooring um, yep. mooring process goes and that's fine and and nobody will you know uh, uh, nobody will be be uh, either surprised or angry or or whatever so it's quite normal and the crosswinds sometimes will be a nuisance but mostly it's in in the in the inconvenient range not a dangerous range well that's true there's always somebody on the dock right that will help you out you toss some lines and you know there's multiple people on the dock again just going back to the whole friendliness of the whole situation so um but you know i say don't be one of those people that are having problems it's it's not hard to learn just become an expert at it before you go. It's simple. Yeah. Yep. See right. a video online and you'll be fine. Right. Don't, and don't become part of the med mooring show, folks. That's right. what the theme is. <laughs> um, but even so, if you do get to be part of this show, uh, have fun. Don't get frustrated. It's, yeah. uh, it's all the part of the vacation. That's a great, great advice. So a couple other details I uh, just wanted to throw in since we're agents and you know what we see. So um, in the Mediterranean, just about all over, um, it's a Saturday to Saturday booking um, only. 
Um, uh, so if you're going to, you have to make a decision. Am I going for one week from Saturday to Saturday or two weeks um, from Saturday to Saturday? Uh, sometimes at the end of the season or the very start of the season we can negotiate with the charter company to maybe squeeze in 10 days um, you can every now and again more than likely at the end of the season do like a one-way drop-off um, but you have to allow to cut your vacation short by a day or two to allow to pay for a captain to take the boat back um, so, like for example, sometimes we've had people sail from Split down to Dubrovnik and leave the boat there. I would not do that in one week, I would do that in two weeks um, because it's such a beautiful area and you don't want to be rushed doing that. So instead of 14 days, you'd do a 12-day trip um, down to Dubrovnik and then a captain would pick the boat up. But again, it's some charter companies allow it and some don't, so um, you just always have to ask us when you call in to, um, to do that. Um, so yeah, Tino, that's pretty much all over the Mediterranean, right? Yes, I, I'd like to, to add, you know, often people say uh, fly to the Mediterranean and they try to do it all. You know, uh, they fly to Europe uh, and they want to see Paris and Vienna and London and sail a bit, but then go to the national parks and see the waterfalls and, and all of these, you know, and then skip to Rome and uh, do everything. This is a common mistake um, when planning a, a overseas holiday, especially a sailing holiday. Sailing holiday will demand a lot of time from you that you cannot grasp uh, in, in, in when you're planning it. You know, you'll see the, the map, you'll open Google Maps and you'll see, oh, look at these nice islands tightly together. We're just, just going to hop from one to another and then take another few days in Dubrovnik and so on. That is a common mistake that most people will will regret at some point uh, because not having time to enjoy the sailing experience will haunt you forever. It's, it's just a shame, you know, doing the whole trip and then just being able to gla glance at a, at a place and say, oh, I would, I'll, this is heaven, this is paradise, but I don't have time for it. I have to, you know, keep on trucking and get to Dubrovnik and catch a flight and go to the, you know, to another place and so on. If yeah. you want to do uh, a city hopping tour, do it. Do not combine uh, it with a sailing trip. A sailing trip is not about speed and efficiency. It's about taking your time to enjoying places uh, that you, you cannot, um, you cannot um uh, perceive uh on uh you know on tv or or just in picture you have to you know feel it and smell it and taste it and one week of sailing in croatia is a necessary evil yes it's something that sometimes we have to do there is no other way i, I believe for people flying um overseas from the us to europe to sail any given destination especially greece and and, and in Croatia, but especially Croatia, one week will not cut it. And that is a fact. So uh, I, like Grant said, it mostly has to stretch to two weeks. And then maybe a lot of people will not have the time to you know, visit other cities, not go to Paris or London or whatever. Leave that for another time, take the full two weeks, sail the full two weeks. You will not even notice the time passing by you'll the, the two weeks will pass before you know it and and 
and you'll be thank thankful that you did it. Yeah, um, what we did was um, we ran a flotilla to uh, the Ionian Islands, uh, Lefkas, just on the uh, west coast of Greece uh, last year, and we ran the flotilla for two one-week periods. So we were there for two weeks, and people came in and, and uh, chartered for one week and then left, and then the other group came in. And you should have seen the disappointment on the faces of the first group that were leaving, and they were just looking at us saying, you rotten sods, you know, you're staying for another week, and, you know, we feel like we just got here. And, and even, look, we had just around the Lefkas area, um, we were there for two weeks and we didn't go to the same port because um, we did out and back and then out and back another second week and we got to go to different places, different ports, different bars, different restaurants, different beaches, different islands, uh, different caves, different, you know, I mean, it, it was such a great place just for two weeks and, you know, I mean, there goes two weeks but wow, did we have a really good time. So Tina, you're exactly right. Um, if you can squeeze in two weeks, to do a sailing trip in the med, you know, make it two weeks long. It's so worth it because the flight from the US is so long. So you might as well do it. And and um, and then and the other point about it is I get people stressing. Um, well, should I go to Ionians or should I go to Sicily or should I go to Malfi Coast or should I go to Croatia? What should I do? And I'm like, well, one. <laughs> well, just it doesn't matter, right? It, it really doesn't yeah. matter because next year, just go to the next one right um, or maybe two years or whatever right but but um, just pick one it, you are not going to have a bad time uh, at all and then um, I'll just try this one as well we went to Sicily a few years back and um, you know we spent uh, one week doing the Aeolian Islands which you know again it's a small group but you know we're only on one island one night each time um, so we whizzed around the Aeolian Islands um, that was sort of a regret um, but we spent, oh, oh, I think, five days in Palermo, which is this capital city of Sicily, and just lived in an Airbnb and just went out every day and just enjoyed the city. And, you know, what an amazing place that was. So that was a fantastic holiday. But, you know, I could have done with two weeks on the on the ocean and a, and a week in the Airbnb in, in Palermo. I mean, oh, oh. Kevin, are you jealous yet? It's a great loss when you find a place uh, that's, um, that is so beautiful that you could not have imagined it. And then you wake up in the morning in this beautiful bay and you say, okay, it's time to leave. Oh. So having this luxury of um, you know staying one day longer where you did not uh, plan it is the ultimate luxury. So, you know, my my suggestion will be always if you can have two weeks if you can spare two weeks do it but make a plan for one week because the other seven days will creep on you know <clears throat> you will not even notice you'll just say you know i want to stay here for three days and then if you can do it you will be blessed for it and and you, you do that two or three times uh, during your trip and you will consume these two weeks with all uh, all that is you know, there for you and you you won't have to skip so much. You know, at this point, guys, <clears throat> I want to address our listeners and you've heard from two experts on the Mediterranean, Tino, who obviously is the Poseidon of the Mediterranean. This is a man that knows it inside and out. He lives there. He breathes it. Um, this is his life and his passion. And Grant, who is a Mediterranean captain who takes people there all the time. 
And what we've just heard today are some incredible tips, some advice, but also some really interesting insight. And I, for one, as somebody who hasn't yet visited, feel extremely inspired now to go and visit the Med, specifically Croatia. I really want to get to Croatia. And we've heard about some little places that folks that didn't know about before, places that we would have never put on our radar or a map, and ways to experience those islands and the whole Mediterranean area and, and the expectations we should set for ourselves. So I hope this has been helpful to everyone. The Med is something that should be open to all of us with some sailing experience and the right certification. So go to Nauticad, sign up for our two free courses as soon as you can, get your feet wet, get the process started. And from myself, Captain Kev, and from Grant, the founder of Nauticad, from Tino, the Poseidon of the Mediterranean, thank you for joining us today. Yeah.